Hey guys, my name's Emily Jordan, and you're listening to Life and Living Radio. Life and Living Radio is a show about life and living, about health and happiness, about being the best you you can be, internally and externally, mentally and physically, in your mind, your body, and your heart. Some episodes are just me, and some are Life and Living with You episodes, where I interview pretty much anyone about pretty much anything, and it's always funny, insightful, and oddly uniting. I hope you enjoyed this extension of my blog, The Life and Living Blog, which you can find at www.emilyjordan.me. For more things health, happiness, and wholeness, find me on Instagram at double underscore Emily Jordan, double underscore. Thanks for hanging out, and let's get started with today's episode. Alrighty, my friends, it has been a really long time just for various reasons of life and such, but we're back in action this week and I'm so excited for this episode because it's going to be jam-packed with some good stuff. So I decided that since it's been about, oh, I don't know, six or seven weeks since the last episode, which was a really great one, by the way, if you have not listened to the most recent episode yet, go ahead and listen to that one because it's my whole story from teacher to online coach and entrepreneur and every little shit show in between. So definitely give that a listen if you haven't already. And definitely, definitely listen to it if you are a new listener, because that's going to be a really great intro to me and what the show is all about. But anyway, since it's been so long, I have like 958 things to talk about. Um, so much is built up in my head and just running through my mind. And at the time that I'm recording this episode, I am also in the middle of writing my monthly update email for the month of May. And it is just wild, y'all. Like, it feels so crazy and so full and just so go, go, go. Um, if you'd like to be in on those monthly update emails, if you're not getting them already, um, where I just kind of let you know what I've been up to personally and what's going on in my business, what new art is available, uh, what writings I've been doing, programs I have, things like that, go sign up for my blog. Um, and I will link that in the description of this episode, but it's just on my website at www.emilyjordan.me slash blog. And you'll automatically be added to the monthly update email list as well. So like I was saying, I got off topic again. Um, it's been a while, so we have a lot to talk about. Um, I decided to do today's episode as kind of like five little mini episodes packed into one. Um, so that way you can catch up on everything and you can kind of start and stop listening as you want or as you need to. And you can also just like skip over the parts that you might not be particularly interested in. You won't hurt my feelings. And plus I won't know. So um, I am just going to roll right through five different big topics that are just either recurring themes in my head or in my writings or just, you know, the highlight reel from Instagram and the blog from the time since the last episode was released. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually from an Instagram post from May 25th about alignment and how when things are not aligned in our life, we feel just overall off. We don't feel like ourselves. And so I want to talk about that for a second because it's truly at the core of not just my online and in-person coaching practices, but also just truly the foundation of the life and mentality that I've tried to embody since I quit teaching. And so what do I mean when I talk about alignment? So there are a lot of things that need to be aligned in our life for us to feel like we're being ourselves, for us to feel really happy and just at peace and natural and really just truly, truly ourselves. So to me, a lot of these alignments are pretty obvious. Um, 
it's obvious that if you're acting in a way that does not align with what you believe, you're not going to be very happy, right? And it's obvious to see it like this, but it's not so obvious to actually spot it when it's happening in your own life. But I really think that misalignments in general are the source of just all of our unhappiness and maybe, um, you know, your overall dissatisfaction with your life. So other things that need to be aligned are things like what you say and what you do or what you tell others and what you do, right? So if you say all these things and you make all these commitments to yourself and to other people, and then you don't actually do them, then you're living in misalignment because your words are not in alignment with your actions, right? Think about too how the misalignment of your desires with your actions affects your whole life. If you have all these things you want to do, all these goals for yourself, all these things on your wants list, and you're not doing anything to make these things happen or bring those wishes to life, you're going to be deeply, deeply unhappy. There's just no way around it because it really sucks for your soul and for you just on a daily basis to have these things that you want, but to never be doing anything to get them. That's just a recipe for low self-confidence and feeling disappointed in yourself and being kind of depressed because you're just constantly staring at these things you don't have, but you want to have. Like that's a pretty shitty feeling. Um, The last misalignment that I want to talk about is the misalignment that I spotted in my own life um, that really changed everything for me about two years ago. And I think it's probably the most important misalignment because it affects all of us the most deeply. And that is the misalignment between who you are and what you do. And this is so, so important because when you are one person on the inside and then you do things as another person on the outside, how can you really be happy? You can't because you're not really being you. You might feel happy temporarily and you might get things that should make you happy, but you're not going to get that real, genuine, deep, lasting happiness unless you are being who you truly are. And what I mean by that is if your outside life does not reflect your inside being, if those two things are not aligned, it's like... um trying to open a door with the wrong key. But when you align those things, when you start acting in a way and living your life in a way that reflects the person you are and the soul that you have, then you've got the right key and it slips right in and it opens the door to a really full, really happy life, right? So big takeaway here is to you know check in with yourself and make sure your life is aligned in all those different areas. Are you acting in a way that's in line with your beliefs? Are you living in a way that's reflective of who you are on the inside? Are you speaking in a way that aligns with your actions? And are your actions in line with your desires? You need to ask yourself these questions and then you need to be honest with yourself about the misalignments because once you spot them, you can fix them and you can realign those things and find that real happiness that you might be missing right now. All right, the next big topic I want to talk about is also based around an Instagram post, but it's also just a really major, major finding or discovery that I had about um, why so many of us are struggling to find happiness in our lives and why a lot of us end up blaming a lot of outside things for our lack of happiness. So the post for this on Instagram was a little graphic that I drew and it was a circle at the center and then it has a lot of other little circles stemming off from it. 
Um, it's kind of like one of those like word maps or mind maps. I don't know what we called them, but we used to have to make them in school. And it's like where you put your main idea in the center bubble and then your like related ideas or supporting ideas are branching off in different bubbles from the middle. I hope you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't just go and look for that post on Instagram. So here's what um, that little bubble map looks like for a huge part of our lives. Um, we have the circle at the center and it's usually school. Like even when we're kids, school is the most central part of our lives. It's where most of our life happens and most of our life stems from. And for most of us, we're closer to that college age and phase. So even college is or was in that center circle for a really long time. College is where we found our friends. It's where we lived. It's what we were doing for most of our days. It was literally the central part of our lives that we built everything else around, that everything else stemmed off of. And even if you don't go to college, um, let's just say you go straight into the workforce, you're still going to experience the same issue that many of us are facing or have faced. Um, Even people who are well past college, who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, like this problem that I'm about to talk about is something I think we all do and only some of us actually manage to correct. So here's what happens. Um, You have school or college in that center circle for so long. Um, You built a life, a routine, you made habits, you created a social life, all of that around that center thing, around college, around school. And then you graduate and everything changes because what used to be that center circle is now completely gone. And so what a lot of us do and what I did, because it seems to be the most logical thing to do, And it seems like the most reasonable next step um, is to replace that center circle with work, with our jobs, um, our work, or just our pursuit of a career, right? Because that's what's after college. And that's kind of like the rest of your life, aside from, you know, maybe a family and stuff like work is the next center circle, right? And so that's what we do. That's what we fall into right after college. And that's where a lot of people still are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s. Like work and jobs are still in the center circle for so many people. And that's where we mess up. That's the problem. Because if you put work at the center of your life, and you try to make everything else stem off of that, You are building a house on no foundation, but this is seriously what so many people do. Um, They have work, their bosses, or even their marriages, their relationships, all these external things in their center circles, and then they try to build a life around that because honestly, it does really seem like a logical thing to do once school or college is over. Like Once that big, huge piece of your life is pretty much demolished, you have to find something else to tie yourself to and to anchor your life around. I think that that's just human nature. And I bet if you look at your own life, you're like, yeah, that's totally me. Yeah, work is really the center circle um, of my life right now. Or even if you look at your parents' lives or just older adults in your lives, um, work or maybe their kids are in their center circle. And you might think that it's wrong of me to say this, but I think that that's a mistake, all of it. I think that it's a mistake to just shift some other external factors into that center circle because then we're anchoring our happiness, our routines, our habits, our days, essentially what makes us us and what feeds us, we're anchoring that to things beyond our control. We're tying so much of ourselves to things that distract us from what really should be in the center circle, ourselves. 
you know, I'm watching um, a lot of my siblings graduate from undergrad and professional school, and it doesn't matter how old you are or what phase of life you're in. Like, once school and studying in classes and that rhythm of life is removed, you have to find something else to replace that. And I'm interested to watch, you know, the people I love figure out how to put themselves at the center of the map into that center circle, because I think that that's what we all need to do. We can't live with work and career and money and kids at the center. We can't. We need to put ourselves there and make sure we're doing what it takes to be ourselves and develop ourselves. And then all of those other things um, kind of seem to just find their own place and their own worth and their own rhythm in our lives. So to sum this one up, the graphic on my Instagram for this idea is honestly a super quick and much um, better explanation of this. But basically, um, you can live with external factors in that center circle and you can blame the things that stem from that circle for your unhappiness. You can put work and money and relationships in that center circle of focus and then live out of that into things like I'm depressed because I hate my job and I never have enough money to do what I want or I wish I had a significant other so that I would feel less alone. Um, But I don't think that that's the way it's supposed to be. I think, you know, it's harder, but it's actually the right thing to put yourself at the center and take care of you. And that way, when money and work and relationship problems arise, because they will, um, you are rooted in who you are and you know who you are and you love who you are. And those things are just like, life blips on the radar. You know, they're not like the central focus of your life. I hope that that makes sense because this was a huge epiphany for me when I realized um, that I was really unhappy because I had made work the center of my life and I had forgotten a lot about who I was. Topic number three is more along the lines of physical health. And, um, you know, since that is just a huge part of not just my job, but who I am and what I like to do. So it's not news at all that the core principle of my work, my writing, my art, everything um, is to honor yourself. I've talked about this since day one, and I've written about this so many times now. Um, And to honor yourself first means to know yourself. And then secondly, it means to be that self to honor who you are through what you do and how you live. And for me, this is also why I work out. It's why I help others with their own health practices. And it's why I encourage everyone to be healthy and to take care of their bodies because you cannot know and honor yourself if you do not take care of yourself, right? Like yourself, who you are and who you were created and brought here to be, whether you know, you're religious or not, like you're here at least to be someone, you know? So the someone you're really here to be and the you that's really inside of you is not an unhealthy, um, self-conscious, body-shaming, unhappy with your appearance person. Like, none of us were designed to be that way. That's not who any of us are supposed to be, you know? So that right there means to me that unless you're healthy and taking care of yourself and feeling good about yourself then you are not honoring yourself because you're not being your real self because your real self is happy. Your real self is also healthy. And I don't mean that in 
like a body fat percentage. How fast can you run a mile? What's your weight? What's your BMI sense? I mean that in an ability and feeling sense. Like, you know, even without those numbers and those stats, when you're unhealthy and healthy, you know, like, you know, when you look in the mirror or when you go play with your kids or your friends or when you get dressed or when you go shopping, you know how you feel. And if you feel self-conscious or if you feel super out of breath easily or just like ashamed of the way you look, that's not healthy. If you're constantly having stomach aches or body aches or you're always tired or you're always sore, that's not healthy. Um, And you don't need any number or statistics to tell you that. It's really hard to be happy and be you when you're not healthy. So that's why I emphasize happiness, health, and wholeness as a trio, because I really think that they kind of all go hand in hand. Um, I've been trying to emphasize this in my coaching as well, even though it's really not as great of a sell as I'm going to help you get your 20 year old body back, or I'm going to help you get your body and confidence back. But it really is both why I do what I do and just plain what I do in general. What I do is help people become who they were meant to be period. And that starts with health and happiness because you're not you and you're not happy when you're not healthy. So this means a lot to me. And I really wanted to make sure that this little tidbit made the episode because it's just at the core of so much of my work and my life. The next topic is also health related, and it's a little more practical and light than the prior three topics, um, because I definitely also want to be a source of just applicable knowledge and information as I learn and as I grow um, on my own health journey. So something that has been coming across my mind a lot lately, either because of what I see on Instagram or what I hear from my own clients or just what I hear from women in general, is just a giant lack of... um, solidarity. I don't know if that's the right word, but just like information and confidence in making changes to your health. So even though we live in this age of information and access to information like never before, there are still so many people taking shots in the dark about their health. Um, The amount of people who do research and follow solid trusted principles to lose weight or gain muscle or become more athletic or whatever they want to be is super small. Like I don't see a ton of people going about health transformations in an educated or sustainable manner, sadly. Especially women, and not because we have different minds or because we're dumber or anything like that, but because we face different social pressures and we are generally aiming um, for different health goals than men. Women are generally the people I see going about this in some sort of just totally whack manner. So like I said, I see a lot of women just taking shots in the dark, like seeing one thing someone did and then they're just copying that for them and hoping it works or they're googling some free workout plan um, and meal plan and they're just crossing their fingers that it works for them and nine times out of ten it doesn't Um, the other thing that I see is just as bad and it's these crash diet quick fix type of things where women are starving themselves and they're cutting out entire food groups or entire macronutrients um, doing heavy heavy cardio for just a short amount of time so that they can hurry up and look good in a bathing suit or something like that and obviously this is not rooted in any solid information or certainly not in any educational or sustainable practices either and maybe um, it's because I'm a trainer and I enjoy working out but it just seems so weird to me that 
we would be this way, that with all of the information and articles and studies and access to help that's out there right now, um, it seems really odd to me that we would just take something as important as our health and our confidence and our self-worth and just like guess at it, like just hope that whatever we do works. It just seems so crazy to me because when you actually understand how it works, it's really easy. It's not complicated. Um, There's no secret that you're missing. There's not some special window of time. You have to eat X amount of this and drink this amount of water or apple cider vinegar or whatever. Like there is no magic to it. Um, There's just knowledge um, and implementation of that knowledge. And I didn't learn anything I learned in a way that's inaccessible to anyone else. Like I didn't go to some fancy schooling for any of this or anything. Um, And I'm still learning things every day because I choose to read about these things and prioritize my knowledge about my own health. So there really is no reason you have to hope that things work or wonder whether or not what you're doing is going to work um, once you understand how it actually works. So there are two things that I say about this in my coaching and training. And number one is it's never not worked. And number two is you can't change what you don't understand. So number one, um, it's never not worked. This is the reason you don't have to just guess because someone else has already figured out how weight loss works, how muscle gain works, how athleticism is improved. Like the research and methods are out there. It's just a matter of actually doing them, uh, doing them the right way in a way that's realistic and sustainable for you and being patient enough for them to work because guess what? It has never not worked. Aside from having an actual disease or like a hormonal imbalance or something like that, no one has ever worked out, cleaned up their diet, gotten enough sleep, and then gained weight. (laughs) Like there are just really a few things you need to do to get to where you want to be. And instead of actually understanding what those things are, we get so impatient or frustrated, or we get caught up in this new fad diet that we just think there's some secret we're missing. And that's my number two here is you cannot change what you don't understand. So as a coach, I actually want to eliminate people's need for me. I want to be a teaching coach. I want to teach people what we're doing and why we're doing it so that they can continue to make changes as they want and need. But you cannot make changes to your health and to your lifestyle at least not significant and sustainable changes, if you don't understand what's happening, if you don't understand how it works. If you don't understand how it works, you're back to where you started. You're guessing and you're taking shots in the dark and just hoping that it works. And that's not where anybody wants to be. So I focus on this a lot with the people I work with. I focus on educating them on the things that have made huge differences for me in my own journey. And they're small things, right? Like I'm not telling people things like, um, you need to learn to calculate your VO2 max and the percentage of carbs you have before 2 p.m. and then get in 75 minutes of exercise at 65% of your max heart rate every day or anything like whack like that. No, I'm teaching things like these are the three numbers you need to look at for weight fluctuations. Here's what's important on a food label and here's how to do X, Y, Z. Because when you equip people with basic tools and basic information, it's like giving them a map and a car and saying, all right, where do you want to go? go um, versus just driving someone there yourself and then dropping them off. And they're like, where the hell am I? What am I doing? How do I get home? Etc. So I think that that's the way health should be. I think that the health industry is missing a lot of this. It's missing a lot of education. And I also think we need to just stop guessing about our health. And as a coach and a trainer and a teacher, that's one of my priorities is to show women um, that there are no secrets. You're not missing some well-kept treasure that is the link between where you are now and where you want to be. You're just missing knowledge and implementation. And I can help you with both of those things. 
fifth and final topic is just something short and sweet that I have been using as a meditation and reading every morning now for the past couple weeks um, that I wanted to close with and discuss here because the first time I read it, it was just so powerful and it really hit me in my heart. So I thought it would be a great thing to close with here. Um, It's a poem by apparently a German man or maybe Austrian. Um, I'm not totally sure. Like even Google says he was born in the Czech, but he's an Austrian writer known for German poetry. So I don't know. Um, The real point is that I've read a lot by this guy before and I always assumed it was a woman. So I'm sure that I will butcher his name. And if my German best friend is listening to this, she will harass me later, but whatever. Um, This is a poem by Rainer Maria Rilke and it's called Go to the Limits of Your Longing. God speaks to each of us as he makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You, sin out beyond your recall. Go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like a flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. So I just really love this for so many reasons. And before I get into those reasons, I just want to say that if you're someone like me who cares about meditating, or maybe that word makes your skin crawl, but you just you care about um, thinking deeply and just having some kind of like quiet time or time to just think, then I would highly recommend choosing a poem or a quote or a line um, from a book or something like that that resonates with you, even something from a song or an entire song and memorizing it and reciting it at multiple times throughout your day. Um, I've been doing that lately with this poem. And each time that I do it, I feel like I'm learning something new. I hear something new from it. So I would highly recommend this as a practice if you enjoy or value that kind of thinking time. And especially if, um, like I have lately, you struggle to find some kind of peaceful, meaningful daily practice that works for you. So parts that really stick out to me here are first and foremost, obviously the word God. Um, It's the first line of the poem. And a lot of people get really turned off by this word, this concept, this idea. And honestly, I used to too. Um, Mostly in college, I think I used to really make a point of letting people know that I quote, didn't believe in God or something like that. But every time that I would say that to people, every time I would be like, yeah, I don't really believe in God. I knew that I didn't mean it. Like I knew that it was a lie. I just felt like God was such a turn off word. But God to me um, is not necessarily just a religious God. It's anything higher and greater than earthly people. Um, For me, the sound of waves on the beach in the morning before anybody else is awake, that's God. Um, A sunset with my favorite song on a patio, that's God. Hugging someone that I love after I haven't seen them in a while, that's God. So even though the poem starts as God speaks to each of us as he makes us, I don't interpret that as like this white man with a beard molding a human out of clay. Um, I interpret it quite poetically and metaphorically, I guess, as just this unearthly power, this greater than human existence force helping uh, bring me into existence and bring you into existence. And in that process, it speaks to us. It gives us advice for what to do in this big tangle wad of life. And it says, Go to the limits of your longing. Go all the way to the edge of the things that you want and let everything happen to you there. Let it all happen. Beauty and terror, the good and the bad. 
and keep going um, because nothing lasts. It says no feeling is final. And I could literally say this to myself a hundred times a day whenever I feel anxious or stressed or scared or nervous or sad or lonely, like no feeling is final. Just keep going. And I love how it ends with nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. So, you know, we're here and we were put here to go beyond our recall, to go so far that we don't even know where we are in order to have life. Um, And that gives me chills. I just love that. Um, I am in the process of adding a line or two to my memorization each morning as I try to memorize the whole thing. And I just love this practice a lot. And I wanted to share it with you. Um, I hope that it speaks to you in some way as well. That's going to be it for this episode, though. I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Um, I would love to know what you think about this style of episode or what you prefer to listen to. So feel free to either drop me an email at emily at emilyjordan.me or leave a review in iTunes. Um, I used to feel like super beggy or just like corny saying like, please leave me a review. But honestly, look, number one, I'm genuinely interested in what people think and like in hearing feedback. Um, And number two, That's just the way technology and algorithms work. So if a podcast has no reviews and no ratings, it's going to be really buried um, in the search field. Like if someone's looking for a new podcast, mine's going to be pretty much at the bottom because I have literally one review. So I'm going to ask you to leave a review in iTunes or just give it a rating because like I said, first and foremost, I'm interested. And also it helps other people find this and listen to this podcast. And I don't really want to just be talking to myself every time I record one of these, but no, like I actually really care about what I have to say and I really love teaching people. So the more people that can find this, the better. And you can help make that happen by rating or reviewing the podcast in iTunes. Thank you for listening to this kind of hodgepodge of topics this week. And I promise to be back in sooner than six weeks with the next episode. Have a great week, guys.